Welcome to One Dive at a Time, the official podcast of Neptune Warrior, healing heroes one dive at a time. Huge apologies today, guys. I am on the road. I'm getting this podcast out a lot later than what I normally do. The way the sequence works is I record about two to three weeks in advance. And I had another show that was all lined up to go. But I had an experience last night that I just really felt compelled to talk about. I had to talk about it. And not only did I need to talk about it, I needed to record it. And then I needed to put it out right away. So I apologize Number one, I apologize for getting the podcast out late. Number two is that you're going to hear a lot of background noise because once again, I'm on the road. My plan was to head, was to get up early this morning, head down to Wendover and just do some diving for me. No students, none of my dive team, not taking anyone with me. Yes, if you can imagine. Yes, I do. Uh, It was a solo day, right? And I'll admit it. I freely admit it. I don't endorse that. I mean, you know, I can't endorse that. Um, But it's certainly something that when I need to get some me time, the only person that can really take care of me is me. And with that, you know, I, I can sit here and try to justify that I'm using redundant systems and things like that. But I know that that is, um, anyway, it is what it is. But I had this experience last night. Oh, by the way, I decided not to go. Uh, you know, got all packed up, ready to go, check the weather, and it's snowing and raining the next two days. Now, I, I've dove in snow and rain. I don't mind that as much. The problem is all the mud, and I've only got two days to do it. I was getting a little bit of an earlier start. I had such an amazing experience last night that I couldn't sleep, and that's what I want to tell you about today. So, I had a diver. You know, I had someone approach me on diving. Uh, we'd actually met out on a different platform. We were talking back and forth. And she had made the comment that her father said she could never be a diver. Now, this is someone who wanted to be a diver, but said that, you know, was told early on in life, you know, well, you're too big to become a diver. And for those of us who have been in diving, and for those who might be a little bigger body than others, you know that that is completely false. And you know, there's a lot of wounds that come from people that are very close to us and they're unintentional. You know, as I talked to her, I found out that her and her father were very close. They were best friends. And and maybe it was meant as more of a protective gesture, maybe as more, you know, or whatever it was, right? But sometimes people that are the closest to us can unintentionally wound. And that's why it's so important to have good communication, be willing to forgive, and all the other things that we talk about. But as we, you know, as we got closer to the, to getting in the water was finding out, you know, that there was some, you know, there were some medical things that not, not to prevent them, you know, not to prevent her from diving, but just some things that as someone who is an instructor and a coach and someone that uses diving as therapy that I wanted to be aware of. So there were some medical issues that we had to think about and then finding out that there's some, you know, some anxiety with, with crowds and finding out there, there was some anxiety with things like the filter in the pool and the light in the pool, all of those things begin to add up, all right? But that's okay. And one of the things that, that, you know, so we, you know, we, you know, I was able to get her in the water. We did those first few breaths. She really, really liked it, liked it so much that she was giggling. Part of it was probably nervous. Part of it was just joy. And that's okay. That's, that's what happens with new divers and especially new divers 
that are really truly experiencing freedom for the very first time. And throughout the process, we would spend maybe at first 15 seconds, on, well, 10 seconds underwater, and then maybe 15 seconds, then two minutes, and then finally was able to get her to stay underwater for 10 minutes. And that was pretty cool. We didn't do any drills. We didn't do mask recovery, regulator recovery, because that's not what those sessions are about. Those sessions are designed so if the diver feels anxious or needs a break, they can simply stand up. And that's what breathe is all about. And we followed that, or I followed that last night to its pure format. We did some of the most, you know, we, we did some of the, the more amazing things underwater for a new diver. Uh, simply breathing underwater, closing your eyes. We used some of the tactile pads that I brought along. Of course, the monkey exercise, if you've seen uh, any parts of the show out on YouTube or seen parts of, of what we do out on YouTube or follow me on Instagram, you'll see that, you know, you know, using the monkeys as a big exercise, the golf ball exercises, the, the hyper-focus, all of that stuff. And I was reminded as to, you know, some of the, you know, when I first wrote Breathe, there was really three books it was based on. There was a fourth that came in later on that was influential, and that was Blue Mind by Wallace J. Nichols. But there was three books, Deep Survival by Lawrence Gonzalez. Even though I had used that over in Adventure IQ, a lot of the psychology in that carried back over. And then there was uh, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And then the other one, I'm actually pulling up the reference here so I can remember the, the author, was Norman Doidge on The Brain That Changes Itself. And I got, man, I came back last night really on a high because she was on a high, I was on a high. We had this really great experience. And I, and I kept thinking, what is it that really makes a difference because the games and the toys, yeah, those are things that I've created out of you know past you know my past experience doing experiential education and things like that. But I was I was reminded and I had to get up like at, at like three o'clock in the morning and go grab the book off my my bookshelf, which is not easy because I keep it out in my dive shack, uh, aka the garage, and I've got a bookshelf that's set up kind of over by the compressor area, and I grabbed the book by Vanderkolk, which is The Body Keeps the Score. Now, a really good friend of mine who suffered with a lot of trauma uh, that lives down in Colorado referenced this book to me when I was getting Neptune going. And she was like, Rob, you have to go read this work. It's really, really good stuff. And it, and ever since that, ever since Teresa had, uh, you know, who's the person who, who turned me on to this resource, um, ever since she did that, I keep going back to this as a reference time and time again. And this is really what made the difference. It was safety and reciprocity. Vanderkoek talks about, and I'll quote out of his book, being able to feel safe with other people is probably the single most important aspect of mental health. Safe connections are fundamental to meaningful and satisfying lives. And that's a big thing that we offer and we encourage within our dive community is that ability to reach out to others and to be able to trust. The times that we have had flack going on is because that trust has not been upheld. That trust has been violated. 
I would say for the most part though, that we are a highly trusting community, but it goes a step further for myself as a practitioner. So, uh, and, and as well as when I'm, when John, one of my instructors is working, Sarah Brooks, the other people that are part of this, it's all about building that trust. Vanderkoek also goes on to talk about that reciprocity is being truly heard and seen by the people around us, feeling that we are held in someone else's mind and heart. For our, uh, our psychology to calm down, heal and grow, we need a visceral feeling of safety. It is so important that when we are in the water, that we say, hey, it's okay. As a matter of fact, my diver last night, she, you know, say, well, I, I, you know, I can't stay down or, you know, I, I can't, you know, I feel like I'm always falling over. Okay. So, you know, or, or I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like my feet are, are rising up in the air. And so is that uncomfortability with the new experience. And so one of the things that I kept emphasizing, unfortunately, John, who had eight people that he was working with last night uh, in a public class came by about that time and, and you know, was, was able to, to reinforce because I asked her, I said, how, how long have you been a diver? And she looked at the clock and she's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10 minutes. I was like, that's right. You've been a diver for 10 minutes. You're not expected to have all of this down. There's so much stuff that you have to have down in order to, to be, to really become, you know, highly proficient. This is your first time we're here for fun. No one's grading you. No one's judging you. There's nobody looking at you and saying, Hey, look, her feet are up in the air. Just relax and enjoy. How many things in life do we not do that with? How many times in life are we thinking about the way that people are viewing us? We're at work, we're doing a project, okay? We go out to the grocery store, we go out for the evening, we get ready for a date, whatever it is. We feel like we're constantly under the microscope. This is what I love about diving because as divers, we don't care. As divers, we're used to seeing people in their bathing suits or swimsuits. Uh, we're used to seeing snot running out of their nose right after they did a mass clearing. We're used to seeing people with a towel wrapped around them as they're changing, okay? It doesn't matter. And that's one of the things that I love about being in a dive community. The water is such an equalizer as it is. Again, you know, you've heard me say these things before. You know, water is sensual, water is spiritual, water can be sexual, water is, you know, is embracing. When you think about water, it, it can cut through rock. At the same time, it can help cleanse wounds. Water is used for religious ceremonies. It quenches us. It is a bridge between continents before flight was even thought about. The water is such an equalizer, but it's also an enabler. Last night I had somebody in the water who on land is not quite as mobile as what she would like to be. She has problems with a heel. She has problems with a hip. Man, get in the water and guess what? All that crap goes away. Again, that's one of the things that why I love doing the therapy aspect about it. We also had a chance to meet some challenges. So she shared with me that she was deathly, deathly afraid of the drain in the pool. All right. So as a practitioner, you know, do I force her to be where the, where the drain is at? No. 
Okay, we're gonna work into that. But in the meantime, my job is to protect. And that's one of the things we have to remember that in our dive communities and within our social communities, there are gonna be things that people are afraid of. So we address them and then we work to shield them away from those things that they're scared of. So all I had to do was I placed my two net bags that I carried my toys in. I took one, draped it over the, the drain, put a couple of dive weights on it, and then never had a problem with it after that. Okay, now when, we, when we're swimming laps, I didn't realize there was another drain in there, kind of freaked her out a little bit, but that was okay. We addressed that problem. On an exercise a few moments later, she was pushing golf balls around the bottom of the pool. I had her pushing two or three golf balls. That way she could stay focused on it. You know what? She came within a foot of that drain. Now, all night, she would not get within five feet of that drain. Suddenly, she found herself, found herself within a foot of that drain. And you know what she did? She sucked it up. And matter of fact, if you go out and you look at the video on Instagram, you'll see her pushing the golf balls around. She pounds her fist on the bottom of the pool or, you know, on the pool floor and then presses on. Man, what a victory that is. That's amazing. That is someone who recognizes what they're fearful about and says, screw it, I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna press on. And we talk about that tenacity so much, so much. Hey, I wanna show you, share a couple of other things that Vander Kolk talks about. He also says, our, our culture teaches us to focus on personal uniqueness, but at a deeper level, we barely exist as individual organisms. Our brains are built to help us function as members of a tribe. We are part of that tribe even when, even when we are by ourselves, whether listening to music that other people created, watching a basketball game on television, our own muscles tensing when, as the player runs up and jumps, or preparing a spreadsheet for, sales, uh, for a sales meeting, uh, and in, again in parentheses, anticipating the boss's reactions. Most of our energy is devoted to connecting with others. That is one of the truest things about this dive community is that you're gonna have a chance to connect with others. And not just us, but really other dive communities, other solid dive communities that aren't just egotistical. And uh, I gave a presentation a few years ago about, about dive clubs, about owners of dive shops relinquishing control of the dive club and actually get people who are fanatical about diving their dive masters that are fanatical about doing the diving that's one of the successes we've had with boise scuba is charlie has backed out of the and we don't really have a dive club we have we have dive meets neptune warrior sponsors those we run those but what charlie had the foresight to do after we we had chances to talk a lot about what it would look like is he got out of the dive club business. Now we still for, or we still funnel a lot of business back in. So whether it is something like a, a ultimate diving challenge where they pay Charlie, uh, who's renting the pool time for us, but it, you know, also he takes the, the profits off of that and then they buy equipment that they need for those nights. Or if we're doing a Thursday night dive where he is renting and selling equipment. So he gets out of he gets out of the way of the dive club and lets us really truly become a community because then it's not business-based. We're not out there just trying to sell classes. We're not there just trying to sell gear. All that stuff happens anyway. When people need gear and they're getting air fills and they're signing up 
they're gonna they're and and plus they're part of that tribe so we've been very successful at forming that tribe and forming those uh, you know forming those those bonds the experience I had last night is is something that you know it, it stays with me and and even though I've had other experiences like that with divers and I've had experiences that are similar or experiences that are vastly different every single time that that diver takes a breath underwater I always remember that I always treasure that I always try to capture it on on video but man the memory of someone overcoming those fears that she had guys I can't explain that I mean it's it's truly one of the coolest things and I feel grateful in order to be able to do that so yeah I I know that I kind of freelance today's I know that I kind of free freeform today's podcast I don't like doing that it's not it's not good show etiquette but again this is a show where I like to speak from my heart on the things that are that are on my heart to, to talk about and getting the chance to see somebody have those small little victories is incredible. Now, where she's going to go with her diving career after this, I have no idea. I don't know if she plans on getting an open water certification or if she plans on just continuing to be a pool diver. We've got several people. That's all they do. And, you know, we, we, get, we take them through all the certification processes. They buy all their own equipment. They get all their own gear. And they choose to stay in the pool and not go out to open water. And you know what? That's fine because they're meeting their challenges on their level. And that's what we are. We are all about challenge by choice. And we've got some incredible pool divers. I guarantee can swim circles, literally and figuratively, around seasoned divers because that's what they do. I've got divers who have over 100 hours of pool time. It's an exception. Okay, it's a rarity, uh, but I do have divers that have well over 50 hours. And again, highly competent divers. When you think about 50 hours in a in a pool environment, you know that's that's equivalent to at least at least 50 dives or even more. So anyway, wherever she decides to take her own diving career and where she decides to get involved at is completely up to up to her. We're going to be here to support. Guys, thank you so much for listening as I kind of just freeform this one as I'm going down the road. I really appreciate it. Hope you have a great dive weekend or whatever it is that you're doing. And as you go through all your different uh, struggles, keep in mind two things. Number one, you have to have a little bit of friction if you're going to get traction. And the last one is, yep, you know it, as long as you've got air, you're all right.